Okay, Elle. In today's episode, I want to talk a little bit about movies. Suddenly, I'm Louie Lane, the film buff. But specifically, one of the most controversial topics in the movie fandom is what I want to discuss today. Sequels. It's really interesting looking online and seeing what people think about sequels, because none of it ever seems to add up. On one hand, when people love a movie, they're pretty excited to catch up with their favorite characters again. On the other hand, there's a huge consensus among pretty much everyone that sequels are inferior to the original film in pretty much every major case. For example, the only time you ever hear people talk about Jaws 4, which I promise is a real movie, Mm -hmm. is when they're complaining about it even existing in the first place. But there are exceptions. Most people agree that The Dark Knight is better than Batman Begins, or that Pitch Perfect 2 is better than the original, or even that the Lord of the Rings series got better as it went on, which is uh, true, actually. It's simply a fact. But no matter what you think about sequels, or even specific sequels, I think that the root of discussion always goes back to comparing the sequel to the original. And since comparison is the thief of joy, (laughs) it makes me wonder, what if you released a movie that was so sneaky about it being a sequel that nobody even knew that the two films were related at all? This is the question that drives fan theory videos on YouTube about countless movies. And some of them are really fun and also really silly. What if Samuel L. Jackson is playing the same character in Pulp Fiction and the Marvel movies? What if Walter White's meth in Breaking Bad started the zombie apocalypse in The Walking Dead? I do love a cinematic universe that spans across all pieces of media, but there's one theory that stands pretty tall over every other sequel fan theory that was put forth a few years ago. This theory states that the dystopian sci-fi movie Snowpiercer is actually a sequel to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And as you'll soon discover, there are an overwhelming number of similarities between these two that make this theory worth diving into. Welcome to Internet Urban Legends, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Loey, your friendly neighborhood true believer. I can't watch movies, dude. I get so... (laughs) I mean, Eleanor knows this. We'll watch a documentary or something together, but I'm up every 10 minutes. Like, I cannot Mm -hmm. sit still, man. And I am Eleanor, ex-film student. (laughs) I don't think this gives me any credibility to chirp about today's topic. Oh, I do. Oh, thank you, bestie. (laughs) We are documentary girls. We sure are. And we're also, together, the gruesome twosome. And this is Internet Urban Legends, where we dive deep into the darkest corners of the internet. We might find the answers we're looking for. We might just scare ourselves into staying up all night. Grab yourselves a popcorn, a Coke, a Mountain Dew, if you're toxic just like me. (laughs) We are glad to have you guys here for the show today. Here for the show, indeed. We're talking about the conspiracy theory of Wonka Piercer. Which is the thought that Snowpiercer, this sci-fi dystopian movie, I've never actually seen it, but it's like this theory that it is the sequel to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Let's start off by setting the scene and describing both of these movies. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is a 1971 American musical fantasy film starring Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka. 
It's an adaptation of the 1964 novel Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. The film tells the story of a child living in poverty named Charlie Bucket, who finds a golden ticket in the wrapper of a chocolate bar. This ticket wins him and four other children from around the world a tour of the Willy Wonka Chocolate Factory, owned by reclusive candy mogul Willy Wonka. What a title, reclusive candy mogul. <laughs> Dreams, aspirations. <laughs> right? I'm like, how do I receive that title, actually? Every child who finds the tickets also wins a lifetime supply of chocolate, which was literally every single kid's dream come true. So it makes sense, actually, why this is such a nostalgic childhood piece of media, because it's literally about kids getting to go run amok in a candy factory. As they all tour the factory, the four other children begin to suffer grim and ironic fates. For example, the one overweight kid tries to eat chocolate from a chocolate river and gets stuck in the pipe that suctions the chocolate. Fatphobic piping. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Real and true, and you should say it. <laughs> Meanwhile, the kid who's really into television is named Mike TV, and he gets shrunken down and placed inside of a TV. Their fates like that. At the end, Charlie is the last one standing. And in the end, when Charlie returns a piece of candy that he stole, Wonka rewards Charlie's selfless behavior with the biggest prize of all, the ownership of the chocolate factory. What I do think is weird about Willy Wonka is that conspiracy theories really run amok about this story. To be fair, it's incredibly strange. All the kids are being punished because... They're like bratty, right? Yeah. They're entitled. We're supposed to see Charlie as sort of the audience surrogate. He's like a nice, humble, normal kid. Mm -hmm. And all these other kids like had their parents buy thousands of candy bars so that they could win. So in a way, is it fair that they're being punished? Perhaps. On the other hand, are they children? Yes, they are. And like Willy Wonka spends the entire movie literally torturing these minors potentially shocking that I loved it as a kid? No, it's so dark. It it's is like so pure dark. darkness wrapped in a beautiful golden wrapper. There's yeah. also the scene where Wonka puts the children on a boat and treats them to a psychedelic light show that includes a bunch of the things that they fear. This man is legitimately sinister. The film itself and the story behind it is super, super dark, but also a complete spectacle. So we have a visually-led film that is a little bit darker than it initially seems. Kind of like Snowpiercer. As you were talking about Willy Wonka torturing children, I remembered that in that there is an entire group of people who think that, like, it's a prequel to Saw. Like, mm. that, like, Willy, not Willy Wonka, but, like, Charlie goes on to, like, become the guy who, like, does Interesting. Saw. Isn't that weird? <laughs> I mean, I could totally see that right. top hat harboring massive amounts of evil when placed from head to head. For those who don't know, Snowpiercer is a 2013 post-apocalyptic science fiction action film and is based on a French graphic novel. The film also stars Chris Evans. It takes place on board something called the Snowpiercer train as it travels a track that circles the entire planet. This train is carrying the last remnants of humanity, after a failed attempt at climate engineering to stop global warming has created a new ice age. Chris Evans stars as Curtis Everett, who is the leader of the lower-class tail section passengers, who are trying to rebel against the elite of the front of the train, who are led by the creator of the train, known only as Wilford. 
Snowpiercer is very obviously a political allegory, focusing on the people in the back rebelling against the people in the front. As Curtis and his team head to the front to face off against Wilford, Snowpiercer alternates between bloody action sequences and very surreal depictions of the train's compartments, such as an active aquarium that supplies sushi to the people in the front, and a classroom filled with brainwashed children. So you might be asking, what do these two movies have in common? The answer might surprise you, or maybe not, because we talked about it on the pod. It's a lot! Up next, we'll be talking about the theory that Snowpiercer is secretly a sequel to Willy Wonka. I'm Darnell Ishmael, guest host of Bass Reeves, No Master But Duty, the special four-part miniseries from Solved Murders. I am honored to take you on a journey deep into the Old West to meet one of the greatest true crime heroes you may have never known existed, Bass Reeves. No Master But Duty reveals the true story of a formerly enslaved man who went on to become one of the most legendary U.S. Deputy Marshals in the American West, bringing justice to over 3,000 criminals. Follow Solved Murders and catch all four episodes of Bass Reeves' No Master But Duty. Listen for free, only on Spotify. In 2018, a YouTuber known as Rhino Stew went viral to the tune of over 12 million views when they released a video with an interesting title— why Snowpiercer is a sequel to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Rhino Stew summarizes their main point by saying, quote, Both films are about a group of people who work their way through a fantastic structure full of unseen perils. One by one, someone is removed in each room until one person makes it to the very end. The last survivor then finds out that the entire thing was a test because a wealthy industrialist needed to find a new successor. Rhino Stew's basic theory goes a little something like this. After Charlie Bucket becomes Willy Wonka's successor, he grows up and changes his name to Wilford as a reference to his mentor's first name, Willie. This is why the train in Snowpiercer is branded with the engraved W for Wilford, which is something Willy Wonka also did. Both Wilford and Wonka greet the protagonists of each story by using the phrase, my dear boy, and have a fondness for chemistry. We know that Willy Wonka created experimental modes of transportation, such as the Chocolate River Boat or the Great Glass Elevator. And Wonka created these vehicles within his factory, meaning he could produce technologically advanced methods of transportation from inside of a self-contained structure. So the question is, could the Snowpiercer train be another example of his transportation creations? Then, there are the similarities between the two basic narratives. In both films, a group makes its way through a weird yet visually amazing facility, where each member is taken out one at a time until only one remains. The sole remaining member then faces the director of said facility, who reveals the secrets of the facility and asks the survivor to be his successor. In addition, both movies focus heavily on class separation, as well as a strong focus on food, but where this theory gets wild is how characters and details in each movie start to mirror each other, to an alarming degree. 
Both movies have a character who works undercover for the director and is later revealed to be a mole. Rhino Stew even points out that the Snowpiercer character looks like an aged version of the mole from Willy Wonka. Then there's the possibility that other characters from Wonka are still alive and currently working on the Snowpiercer train. Franco the Elder is a mysterious, violent man who uses a gun to kill several characters. We see his first murder on CCTV footage. Who else also has an obsession with guns, violence, and television screens? Mike TV. Then there's Minister Mason, who is speculated to be Veruca Salt. As this theory goes, her near-death experience with the incinerator in Wonka's factory made her overcompensate. Instead of being an entitled brat, she became grateful for everything in her life. A little too grateful, since she considers Wilford some sort of god now. Also, Minister Mason and Veruca Salt both had fur coats, but that's just a minor detail. But the final part of the theory involves none other than the Oompa Loompas. Rhino Sue quickly points out that there isn't anything in the film resembling Oompa Loompas, and there aren't really any references to them either. Or are there? Because in both movies, the director of the facility uses small-sized people to run his machines. At the end of Snowpiercer, Wilford explains to Curtis how the train's engine works, stating that the space only allows for a very small person, and that piece of equipment went extinct recently. Now, this is a shocking revelation in the film because it implies that Wilford is literally enslaving children to power the train. But take a step back and think about that second statement. That piece of equipment went extinct recently. What does that mean, and why did he say it? Well, I found something that isn't in Rhino Stew's video. In the original Willy Wonka book, it's revealed that Oompa Loompas can only survive in hot climates. The Snowpiercer train is currently circling the globe in the middle of an ice age. The video ends with Rhino Stew pleading for the audience to, quote, Tweet Chris Evans and get him to admit that Snowpiercer is a sequel to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. In Rhino Stew's own words, if he admits it, it's canon. And that's how these things work. Now, that's Rhino Stew's admittedly viral video. But this theory actually has quite a bit of new evidence supporting it, particularly after the release of a Snowpiercer TV show. And this kind of got me. I'm not going to lie. I okay. didn't think there was much credibility to okay. this, but this surprised me. Okay. In 2020, TNT released a teaser trailer for a new season of Snowpiercer with a very familiar song in the background. And that song was none other than Pure Imagination, a song written specifically for Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. This is not just a coincidence. This is a song written for Willy, as well as the most iconic song on its soundtrack. So they're definitely playing into it. And yeah. Right? Since then, more parallels have emerged. In episode 5 of season 1, there's a character named Lila Folger, who is the spoiled daughter of a rich man that bought her a very expensive ticket. Her main character traits are greedy and conniving, and she has her father wrapped around her finger, much like Farouk Assault. And then, in Snowpiercer season 2 finale, Wilfred opens a new car on the train called Willie's World. 
Now, these updates are fun and kind of silly, but it's important to remember that Rhino Stew's video went viral long before the show came out. So to me, this kind of feels, like I said, like the show mm-hmm. playing into it, sort of acknowledging the joke. Maybe even the creator did take some inspiration sure, yeah. from Willy Wonka. But a blatant sequel, perhaps? I feel like this episode really caught me by surprise. I genuinely was going into this thinking, I've seen so many viral videos with this exact concept. Like, blank is a sequel for blank. And did you know that this is actually a self-insert of these characters from a different IP? Like, I think that you could literally make this argument for almost every piece of media imaginable. Definitely. And tie anything back into each other. But the correlations are really interesting. It really, really is. Snowpiercer sounds fascinating. Uh-huh. I certainly don't think it's a sequel. No, I don't Willy think Wonka. so. I don't think so. I think, like, maybe there's some acknowledgement of mm. the fan base, you know, linking the two. And I wouldn't be surprised if the director did take some inspiration. Like, Willy Wonka is a hugely influential right. movie, right? So I wouldn't be surprised if there was some maybe formal linkage there. But I don't think it's a proper sequel. Like you said, though, I think that it wouldn't be surprising if the director almost, like, did take a bit of inspiration from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And actually, Bong Joon-ho, the director, is a famously meticulous director who hides kind of like little details and Easter eggs within every film that he makes. He's also a noted lover of American film. His most recent film, Parasite, is said to be inspired by the works of the Coen brothers, for instance. So could there be some parallel? Sure. I certainly don't think that this movie in particular was written with Willy Wonka in mind. That being said, I absolutely, absolutely do not think the coincidences in the new TV show are coincidences. Like, I fully believe that someone on the marketing team was like, it's a 2013 film, so it's mm-hmm. been long in the past. And with a show coming out, especially in 2020, when a lot of TV was coming out, it makes sense that they would want to do something to drum up some virality, drum up some For interest. sure. For sure. I How think better like, than to put pure imagination in the trailer? It's interesting you mentioned that Saw could also be a perspective mm-hmm. sequel. Because I think any adult torturing any number of adults could be a sequel to You're Willy so Wonka right. and the Chocolate <laughs> Factory, right? But yeah, it seems like potentially this franchise is really leaning into it for the virality. I mean, we're here talking about it. Right? It worked. It worked. Hook, line, and sinker. Do you guys think that Snowpiercer is actually a sequel to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Do you see all of the weird like correlations between the two films? Let us know all over social media by using hashtag GruesomeToosome. We would love to hear from you. Thank you all so much for listening. We are once again your hosts, Loie and Eleanor, also known as the Gruesome Twosome, and we have loved this deep dive into the world of internet urban legends with all of you. You can find all episodes of the podcast, Internet Urban Legends, for free exclusively on Spotify. Don't forget to follow the podcast so we can continue bringing you a new disturbing mystery each and every week. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Loeybug and at Snitchery and support our show by following at Parcast on Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. Stay gruesome, friends. Internet Urban Legends is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler from Parcast slash management and Ed Simpson. 
Fanny Baudry and Leah Sutherland from Wheelhouse DNA. Sound design by Ron Shapiro with associate sound design by Jamie Ryan. It is produced by Jonathan Ratliff, Gemma Waters, John Cohen, Kristen Acevedo, and Chelsea Parker, and is associate produced by Gitu Meira and Tracy Levy. Research and script writing provided by Judd Bookout. And we're your hosts, Loie Lane and Eleanor Barnes, a.k.a. The Gruesome Twosome. I'm Darnell Ishmael. This February on Solved Murders, join me for a four-part miniseries on the incredible life and career of Bass Reeves, one of the preeminent U.S. deputy marshals in the American West. In Bass Reeves, No Master But Duty, discover how a man born into slavery took freedom by force and brought over 3,000 criminals to justice, including his own son. Follow Solved Murders and catch all four episodes of Bass Reeves, No Master But Duty. Listen for free, only on Spotify.